Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi-straight girl, that's me, Kayla. And an arrow ace author and illustrator, Alice Oseman. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, Loveless. Sounds fake, but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. Uh, you had all this time. No, I know. Okay, I want. I tried really hard for the past couple of days to think of one that like had to do with the book, and the mm-hmm. best I could come up with is mixed emotions. <laughs> I couldn't come up with a better. I couldn't. That makes it seem like you have mixed emotions on the book. No, I don't have mixed emotions. The characters have mixed emotions. That is true. Well, Not me. I have very strong love emotions for the book. Good. <laughs> okay. It's the best I could do this week. I'm sorry. Anyway, Kayla and yes. Alice. Hello. What are we talking about hey. this week? We're here with Alice Oseman. Hello. Happy to be here. Yeah. This week, we're talking about Alice Oseman, uh, who I'm sure everyone knows, uh, wrote Loveless, which is an amazing book that came out. So, Alice, thank you for coming and talking to us it's very exciting yeah thanks i'm happy to be here (laughs) yay sublime and to our listeners we are going to not spoil this book for you we're gonna do our best well if we do i'll cut it out of the pod kayla (laughs) well fine (laughs) um but we're this is going to be spoiler free but we are going to be talking about the excellent book that is loveless i cried a lot (laughs) i also cried (laughs) Good. So, <laughs> which isn't saying much because I feel like we both cry very we're both, easily. We're both criers, but I but I did cry. What what I have to emphasize is that I cannot understate how much I cried. Like like my face was dry because there was so much salt on my face from crying. Wow. <laughs> which Alice, look I, what you did. I think has a lot to do with the fact that I am also airways and I. Uh, my experience of arrowaceness is almost identical to Georgia's in the book, and so that definitely had something to do with it. <laughs> but I did cry should a lot. We, should we do a quick intro of like what the book is yes, and what it, the kind of a, I guess what it's about, just yeah. so anyone who's unfamiliar kind of knows. I can give a quick little pitch of it if you like. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure you've been doing that. A lot. (laughs) Okay, so Loveless is the story of Georgia, who's 18 years old. She has never kissed anyone. She's never had a crush, um, but she loves romance. She really wants to have that perfect teenage dream romance. Um, So she decides when she goes off to university, she decides she's going to find this perfect romance and have her perfect love story. But that doesn't quite go to plan. Uh, instead, she goes on this journey of sexuality and discovers that she might be aromantic asexual. So there you go. <laughs> and it's yeah. a grand time, kids. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, which I think leads to our first question of Alice, have you been stalking us? Because 
<laughs> the characters, like Sarah said, it's like exactly Sarah's journey. And also we were roommates in college and what? like went through all of this same stuff. And We like, were in a, a theater org. Yeah, we were in like a new theater org our freshman year. And we did actually play Quidditch. We did actually like go through with it. <laughs> There's just so much that, like, I was like, I think Alice is, I think Alice is stalking us. See, I guess that's not really a question, it's not or a question. more a statement of, I think you're stalking it's us. Night. That's <laughs> yeah. No. Do you, Kayla, do you have anything to elaborate on that, or are you just going to leave it at, I think you're stalking us? No, I just, it was just, like, very bizarre, but I've also seen, like, a lot of people online talking about, like, that George's experience is, like, so close to theirs, and that it's just, I don't know. It's just very, like, touching to, yeah. like, I don't know, an Arrowace audience. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's exciting to have Arrowace representation, because there isn't a ton of it <laughs> and i mean i had the experience earlier this year where like i kind of experienced arrowace representation like properly for the first time when i watched greta gerwig's adaptation of little women <laughs> and i just Ooh, cried yeah. the entire time because i was like it's not explicitly talked about but like the way that joe's arc is represented in that movie like was just so clearly arrowace to me yeah and like be before that i was like oh yeah i mean representation's important but you know like i'm far enough along on my journey that you know i personally don't need it like it's really for other people and then i watched little women and then i cried the whole time and then i had the exact same experience with loveless where i just cried the entire time <laughs> yeah no i think um like in young adult fiction there's really not a lot of Arrowace characters at all. Um, like the YA books that I found that have asexual characters are usually romantic asexual characters, uh, which is, you know, obviously amazing, but quite a different experience, I think, to being yeah. Arrowace. Um, so that's part of the reason why I wanted to write Loveless. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, like, why now was the time, I guess, that you decided? Because you've obviously written several other books. So I was kind of curious, like, why now and why with, like, this book, you were like, this is the one I want to focus on, like, these sexualities. Yeah, I think for several reasons. Like, firstly, definitely me being more comfortable in my identity has made me obviously feel comfortable writing the book. Um, which hasn't really been the case before this one. Um, but also, just because of the themes of this book, like even before I knew I wanted to write a sort of coming out story, I wanted to write a book about like the power of friendship and like how kind of friendships can be as important as romance. And then those two ideas kind of clicked together and became loveless, I guess. Nice. Yeah, I think that's like such a big part of the Arrow and Ace communities is kind of the importance of friendship and platonic friendship. So I thought that was just like a really powerful theme in the book. And it was like very much the like, maybe the real treasure was the friends we had along the way, but like yeah. in an actual non-cheesy, like very good way. <laughs> I guess, obviously you've written other books before uh but do you find it difficult as an arrowways person to write romance or is it just something that you're just kind of like yeah this is fine honestly not really i get this question a lot and i really don't feel like i struggle with it any more than any other writer would and i don't know why that is but 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say there. Like, I don't find it any more difficult than any other sort of relationship, I guess. Yeah, I mean, me personally, as an airways person who is also a writer, like, I feel like romance and sex are like so ingrained in society that like I have such a good grasp on it that even yeah. if I don't feel it myself like I can replicate it you know yeah I, I definitely feel the same yeah yeah so these all like really rather performative too like flirting and relationships and stuff like I think it's very easy to kind of copy like because it is such like an outward gesture thing it's easy even if you're not experiencing it yourself to be like oh yeah these things happen i can kind of like pull from them mm-hmm. yeah exactly. yeah and as someone who also is a, a shipper myself i'm like i i know what makes a good romantic relationship so <laughs> let's just much much like georgia <laughs> <laughs> Sarah is also a big fan of fanfic. Like George I'm writing Jack. one right now. <laughs> Dare I ask what fandom? It's Shit's Creek. Amazing. I love yeah. Shit's Creek. Yeah. Good. It slaps. It's wonderful. <laughs> Sarah is obsessed with Shit's Creek. No, I had this problem where like I have cuz I'm I want to go into like TV writing. And so like I'm I'm an assistant right now, but like I'm still doing writing on the side, mm. and so like I have stuff that I'm doing. But then this idea for a fanfic came to my mind, and it just like took me over, and I was like, mm. I have to write this. And so now I'm like I'm trying to write it as fast as possible so that I can go back to writing for like my career. Um, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> uh. More questions about writing. I know that you've said, like, online and also in kind of, like, the, what's it, like, the acknowledgments of the book that writing it was really difficult. Um, I'm kind of wondering, like, what made it difficult? Was it the fact that it was, like, so personal to your own experience? Or, like, I can imagine there was a certain amount of pressure because there is so little rep to be like, well, now I have to make this one piece of rep that there actually is, like, really good. Yeah. Yeah, so many different reasons why it was just extremely hard. Like, obviously, I wanted it to be really perfect and good representation. Um, I, it's my fourth book, and I feel like they. I just get more stressed about how good they are the more books I write. <laughs> There's expectations um, that you have to. Yeah, exactly, know, exactly. Um, and the fact that it was taking a lot from like my own experiences made it a really difficult book to plan and figure out what the story was because I was drawing some things from my own life and having to come up with other things and trying to make those things fit together um it's just very challenging and then trying to like craft the narrative that I wanted it to be which was kind of different in some ways from my own journeys and it's just yeah it was just complicated and difficult to plot and it took me so long to figure out what the story was going to be. And I had to rewrite it like several times. It was just a very stressful experience. <laughs> did Did you ever have trouble like separating yourself from it? Like, I don't know how much of yourself you see in Georgia or how similar you are. But like, did you ever have trouble kind of like putting a line between you and the story? Yeah, I definitely did. Um, like, Georgia is not me. Like, I wouldn't say the story is autobiographical, but her uh, like her identity is 
the same as mine basically and a lot of things that she thinks and has experienced is similar to me um but i wanted it to be a really positive story like i i wanted it to not dwell too long on the really like dark moments of georgia's story and move towards a really sort of positive hopeful ending which is quite difficult for me because <laughs> i had like a much longer not as great kind of coming not really coming out experience but like figuring myself out for me it took a lot longer and it was a lot more difficult than georgia finds it like loveless kind of takes place in the space of one year um whereas for me it was a lot longer so it was the challenge for me was trying to express the feeling like the different feelings starting with her feeling really unsure and kind of not really liking herself and then going towards feeling more positive about her identity um, and not trying to dwell too much on the dark stuff, which I think I have a tendency to do just because of my personality. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was challenging, but hopefully it turned out okay. I think that's really great though, because I think there's so many, like when there is representation of asexuality, it is very easy to kind of move in that dark direction of like, oh, it's so hard to figure mm-hmm. out who I am, which like, yeah. of course that's true for people. Um, but it's hard. You don't want every representation of asexuality or aromanticism to just be really sad because that's yeah. just not fun. And like, we aren't all sad all the time. <laughs> yeah. We're just sometimes sad. Some of the time. Yes. Just that's like a normal nuts. amount. <laughs> um, I was wondering, since you were talking about like rewriting everything so much, so many times, do you know, like kind of from when you first started, like, maybe thinking about this until publishing, like how long did it take you to write the book? I started planning it like pretty much immediately after my third book. So that was like May, 2018. Um, and then I finished it in around May this year. So it was about two years in total, uh, but I didn't have a finished first draft until the start of this year, which yeah, that was just, so a year and a half of hell, basically. <laughs> I can imagine. I yeah. can imagine. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to tell you that your hell was worth it, but it is a very good book. So I, like, I mean, it did turn out very well. Good. <laughs> for us, for those of us who just got to read it and didn't have to go through the hell, we're grateful. <laughs> good. <laughs> Glad. <laughs> um, you alluded to this a little bit earlier about how you kind of had a longer uh, experience in terms of coming to terms with your sexuality and how you didn't write this book earlier because you weren't quite as comfortable with your sexuality yet. I guess, what was your own process in terms of the figuring out your arrow ace and coming to terms with it? Well, how to condense that into one. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I've had to do it multiple times and it's like, this could take half an hour. <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a much longer process. Um, Like, I think for me, at school, I just had no awareness that I wasn't straight. Like, I felt uncomfortable with romance. Like, I didn't have crushes on anyone. I felt uncomfortable at the thought of, like, being with any guys. Um, But I just didn't, like, I had no LGBT education at that point. So I just knew nothing, basically. Um, and then at uni when was when I got 
I was a lot more online, I think. I got a lot more into like Tumblr and Twitter. So I feel like my education kind of blossomed at that point and I found out what asexuality was. Um, but then I just had years of being like, you know, I, I don't know if that's me. I don't know if I'm going to feel differently one day. Like it was just years of kind of going back and forth and not really knowing for sure who I was. Um, and I don't really know when the point was that I started to feel more comfortable in it and more able to accept that this is who I was and this wasn't really going to change. Um, but I couldn't, I cannot pinpoint the time even roughly when that happened but it was definitely you know maybe around the time that I started to work on this book is when I started to feel comfortable like totally comfortable in it um but yeah so it was a long a long process but yeah we made I, I it. Think <laughs> you made it you're here <laughs> yeah I think for a lot of uh, especially people who are both arrow and ace like it's not like if you uh, are gay or queer in another way where it's like oh I definitely have a crush on this person who's the same gender as me like I think it's just it's a longer process so Mm. it's which is annoying but (laughs) yeah it really is (laughs) here we are I mean you did kind of touch on like how like you and George are like not the same but I guess do you like what parts of George's experience if you don't mind answering came from your own experience I guess Hmm. I think probably a lot of the internalized stuff um Georgia kind of in the book Georgia decides to sort of experiment I don't really know if I'd say that was the right word but she does kind of decide like take active action and decide to like do certain things to try and figure out um if she is definitely these identities Whereas that is really not me. Like I'm, Georgia is a lot more kind of proactive than me. Mm. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely a lot more introverted. Um, But a lot of the internalized stuff um, is definitely from me. Like there's there's a couple of scenes that are just things that have happened to me. For example, this isn't a spoiler, but in one scene, um, Georgia does the Kinsey scale test, Mm. um, Mm. which if you don't know what the Kinsey scale is, it's basically a scale that goes from exclusively straight to exclusively gay. And then in the middle is like all bi and pan identities. Um, And then Georgia gets X as her answer, which is just like a non answer that just doesn't mean anything. And she's like, oh, well, what, what, what's that mean? (laughs) When I, when I took it, it literally was like, you have failed. And I was like, oh, (laughs) Oh, we can laugh now. <laughs> I remember reading that part of the book when Georgia does that, and I was like, oh, she's doing... Because, like, uh, there's just so many things that she did, especially, like, on the internet to research asexuality, that mm-hmm. I was like, yes, we've all done this. Yeah. <laughs> we've all been here. Well, yeah, and I, I think because so much of that internal monologue and the emotional turmoil that that she is in like it it felt very real because it was coming from a real place from someone who was actually arrow ace which is you know representation is is important but especially when it's written by people who identify that way (laughs) i'm just gonna throw that out there (laughs) um i know we don't have this written down sarah but i want to talk about the other characters as well um Mm -hmm. because they are also very amazing and i also love them very much um, so I guess I'm wondering, like, I don't know, 
like where the inspiration for those characters came from and how you kind of decided like what you wanted their relationship to Georgia to be, I guess, to kind of like move forward the plot of like the importance of friendship and everything. Yeah. So I started obviously with Georgia um, and then I knew I wanted her to have a roommate at university who is very opposite to her, like just has very different experiences and attitudes towards sex and romance. Um, so that's how I came up with Rooney, who is Georgia's roommate. She is very kind of like confident and outgoing and she's had a lot of sexual experience and likes to have sex with people, which is absolutely not Georgia at all. Um, but I wanted that to be like the central relationship of the book. Um, just to kind of show that people can have these different experiences and attitudes towards sex and romance and they can still form a really amazing friendship. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of queer characters that, like, aside mm-hmm. from Georgia, and I I mean, that's just realistic because all the queer kids just find each other. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Yeah, I had a really hard time. I was asking Sarah yesterday or the other day, I was like, which loveless character am I? Because obviously, like, Sarah is Georgia. I'm very clearly Georgia. Yeah. And I, as her, like, college roommate, I was like, I guess I have to be Rooney. But also... (laughs) But you're Demi. I'm demisexual. (laughs) (laughs) So I was having a very hard time. I'm still trying to figure it out. We're working on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alice, what has been the greatest platonic romance of your life? Oh, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I think I'd probably say, um, like, I have, I have, I have several best friends. I don't want to like pick my one best friend, but yeah, <laughs> I have one friend called her name is Mel, and. I feel like that is a great platonic romance because we weren't really that close throughout most of school. And then we kind of just grew steadily closer until the very end of school. And then we went on a big holiday with all our friends. And after we left school, that's when we became like really, really close friends. So that feels like a romance to me because it had like the build up of knowing each other that well. (laughs) But now we're, like, best friends, so. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's one of, like, the big things that I, like, took away from the book. And I hope this isn't too spoilerly. But, like, as we've been talking about kind of the importance of friendship and, like, the romance of friendship um, is, like, kind of part of the book. Mm. Um, And I'd never, like, obviously I think friends are great. And, like, doing this podcast has, like, ingrained in me even more, like, the importance of friendship on an even level with romantic relationships. I have, but I have I, banged that into your head. Like, yeah, whether you really like it or not. <laughs> but I had never thought to think about my friendships as, like, the same romantic plot line as a relationship. Like, if you go to date someone, it's like, oh my god, like, we met like in this class and then we started talking and then we were flirting and like it's this whole like long story of build up but I've never thought even though Sarah and I have an excellent romance we have an excellent origin story (laughs) oh no we do but I'd never really thought to like romanticize it in the same way but like Mm -hmm. it is very romantic and I feel like friendships deserve to be like embellished and romanticized in the same way yeah 
Yeah, I when I wrote my second book, Radio Silence, that focuses on a friendship between a boy and a girl, Alice and Francis, and it's not romantic at all. But I knew I wanted it to have the same structure as a romance, so I wrote it. They have their kind of like meet cute moment at the start, and then they had there's a time where they're like just getting to know each other, and then they're realizing that they're really really good friends, and the whole journey of their relationship has. The exact same format as you would find in like a romance book or a romance movie, but it's just platonic. But people have really loved their friendships. So, yeah, make your friendships just as special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. me and Kayla had a meet cute, basically. Well, me, and, me and Sarah really did. We, we met in the same we, way that Georgia and Rooney did, and that we were, yeah. we went in blind and we became roommates, and things got really and weird they were really roommates. fast. <laughs> and then we started a podcast as you do i haven't read radio silence yet i'm extremely excited to get it but i read a quote by you about radio silence where you said like the characters aren't in a relationship they're bonded by the podcast they have together and i was like god damn it alice is stalking us <laughs> that's literally you <easy. laughs> i was like why is alice watching our every move and writing a book about it what does she know that we don't know? I think Alice might like know our future. Yeah, yeah Alice blink once if that's true. <laughs> Maybe she didn't blink. I don't believe it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that like as you've written this book and like I'm sure you've done some press for this book that is not with uh, Airways podcasts. <laughs> what has the experience been like? talking to aloes about this about yeah. this book yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh it's it's difficult for people some people are okay like i actually had a really good discussion today with someone i'm doing an interview with very soon um and they just wanted like a little sort of pre-interview and it and she came we just spoke on the phone and she already knew She'd read half the book. She already knew what asexuality and aromanticism are. And I was like, good. That's how to be prepared for an interview <laughs> when you don't know what the topic is. Um, but I have had a couple of experiences with interviews where they just kind of ask sort of very basic questions about it. And I'm sitting there and suddenly realizing that they just know nothing like absolutely nothing about about asexuality and it's such like a polarizing experience because it makes it makes me feel like almost weird it makes me feel weird and kind of like they're sort of treating you like you're some kind of weird like niche thing that is odd and they're just you know it's difficult to explain but it's um yeah. i've had good and bad experiences i'd say yeah well yeah. and then you're not promoing your book you're doing a q a about asexuality like mm. it's just like well buy my book <laughs> yeah please read the book it's all in there <laughs> you just read yeah, the book. it's kind of like yeah i don't know yeah it is kind of like what sarah said you're like i'm here to talk about my book and they're like mm, no explain so do these you things. really oh not God, experience yeah. sexual attraction <laughs> <laughs> that's literally it that is the experience i've had i've i've come to i've gone to an interview and i've been told that it's going to be about the book and then they're asking very personal questions and i'm like 
please. <laughs> I just, I just want to talk about my book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you find like I know obviously this is your fourth book and you had like representation and stuff going into this, but did you find that there were hurdles to getting the book made, or was it pretty smooth sailing just because of the people around you? Um, I think for me it's been quite smooth and I think I'm very very lucky that that is the case and it's definitely because you know I'm an established author and I already have like you know the privilege of an audience um, and so my publisher are quite open to publishing this, the story that I'd like to write I guess um, but there was a period at the start when I didn't I was I wasn't sure how to sort of bring up with my editor that I wanted it to be an asexual coming out story. Um, just because I didn't, you know, I didn't know how much you know about it. I, I, it was a scary conversation. Like I'm not good at, I'd say confrontation. I'm not really good at confrontation or like having difficult conversations with people. Me. So I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know how I was going to explain to my editor what this book was about when in all likelihood she probably had no idea that this identity even existed um but I was very lucky that my publisher had been very supportive so yeah yeah you, you've got to give the it TED is. talk before you can pitch the book <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but luckily because of stuff like your book like now more people are going to be more familiar and hopefully soon people won't have to TED talk before they pitch yeah. <laughs> I'll just be like, here, have you read this book, um, Loveless? Read that and get back to me. <laughs> I do think it's a very odd experience to, like, for your career, like, have to come out to someone. Mm. Like, it's just seems it's so, it's such a personal thing. And obviously, I think, you know, for a lot of writers or artists or creators, it's kind of like your identity gets very mixed in with whatever you create. Yeah. But it's just so odd that, like, okay, we have this professional relationship, like, maybe we're really close, blah, 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 whatever, but also, like, sit down, we're gonna have a chat yeah. about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought I was gonna be okay with, like, being really open about my identity and being able to speak about it, um, but I've turned down a few interviews and things just because I felt like they would be too personal and I personally, like, I think there are a lot of authors out there who are totally comfortable to kind of share their really, you know, personal experiences and their life story in order to publicise their book, which is totally fine. I don't think there's a problem with that. But for me, I feel quite uncomfortable doing that. And I have turned down a few things just because I I can't, like, put my whole life out there. Um, I would rather just... Let the book speak for itself, I guess. Yeah, very fair. <laughs> I would probably be in the same boat. Yeah, I think especially because there's so many misconceptions that, like, it would be so easy for your words to kind of be twisted or then, like, if you talk about it once, then that's, like, all people want to talk to you about. And it's just, like, like, I know Yasmin has kind of talked about, um, like, with her interviews and stuff, like, there's some times that people will write things and she's like well that's not what I said and like mm -hmm. very personal questions it's like once you open that door man I mean just yeah. some weirdos are coming they're coming yeah. <laughs> some uninformed weirdos will show up yeah. at your door yeah. <laughs> 
Um, is there anything that I guess you wanted young um, A-spec people, people who might be questioning, or just, you know, queer people in general, or straight people, who knows, like, to get out of reading this book? Like, is there something that you wanted to kind of convey to them? Um, I think particularly to A-spec teens um, and young people generally, like, it's okay to have a period of figuring things out and not feeling super confident about your identity. I feel like um, with kind of gay and bi coming out stories, it's understood that people will have a period where they're really unsure, they might be unhappy with their identity and it's they're finding it really difficult. But I felt like it, it wasn't really understood that A-spec people could have that experience as well um like when i was trying to figure out my identity all i saw online were people who were super positive and happy about their identities um and that was great obviously but at the same time it made it almost made me feel worse for not really liking this part of myself yet so in loveless i wanted to show someone who is going through that period of being really unsure and not really liking what she's experiencing um and then growing to like herself more um so yeah yeah i think that the period of questioning is is a very nebulous kind of thing because Mm. like a lot of times it's uh it's talked about in a sense it's like the before and the after like before Mm. i knew i was fill in the blank identity and after and now life is great but it's like the questioning period in some ways, I think especially for A-spec people, like, never totally ends. Just because of the nature of A-spec identities, it's, like, it's the lack of attraction. So it's, yeah. like, well, I mean, it could, maybe, <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> and so, like, every time there's a person who I'm, like, ooh, like, I really want to be friends with that person, I'm like, do I have a crush on them? Or is this just, like, I this squish? Do I want to be friends? I can't tell. <laughs> and so, like, it's kind of, it's kind of never-ending uh, yeah. for A-spec people. And uh, that's not often... I guess addressed. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think I hope this isn't too spoilery either, either, but kind of you I feel like there's never like that clear after for Georgia in the book either. Mm. There's never like at the end like an ending part where she's like and now I'm extremely happy and I have everything figured out. <laughs> like she's very much still like discovering her identity since it's like, you know, only been like a year or six months since she's really accepted it um I think that was really great to show too because we like we'll talk to listeners sometimes and they'll be like I'm really frustrated with like my questioning I want it to be over and you kind of have to lightly say like I know you're frustrated but it's simply never going to end (laughs) um and it was just kind of like a very positive representation of that yeah like you'll you'll get to a point where you're at peace with the fact that it's never gonna end it's mm. not like you're gonna get to the end of questioning. It's you you reach yeah. peace with the with the infinite crush, questioning. <laughs> I guess Kayla, before we get to our last two questions, are is there are there anything <laughs> that you uh, that you want to to add to also talk about before we hit those last two very important questions? Yeah, the last two questions are really heavy hitters. Um, 
I guess I've seen you like post, I think today you posted, when we're recording this today, you posted like a drawing of all the characters and it was like, yeah, it's so cute. Um, and also, Jason is so much bigger than I thought he was. Like, I know he got he's into tall. He's tall. I know, but I didn't expect him to be so muscly. Like, I forgot that he got into sports. I was like, I gotta look at this image. Hold on. <laughs> he's so muscular. Um, but anyway, you mentioned it. Mentioned in it, kind of like the reception. Um, what has the reception from, like, particularly the A spec community been like for this book in particular? Yeah, it's been really amazing, actually. I've had lots of messages from people saying that they were really pleased to find some representation, um, like we were saying, of like, the questioning period, I guess, and a coming out story about being our race. Um, yeah, I've had lots of messages and it's been really wonderful. Yeah, It's exciting. Yeah. I, I know that this is sometimes the most annoying question, uh, in terms of like the what's next for you, but like do you do you Sarah, plan? Don't do that. No, to no, no. Her. It's a specific don't do question. that to it's our spe- new friend. It's a specific question. It's okay. I guess my my question is like is like a spec representation something that like you're going to try to like integrate into everything you do in the future, or is it sort of like a if it if it works it works like I don't want to be known as like the a spec writer. Like I guess what's your what's your take on that? <laughs> I definitely want to like um, I'm not really working on anything new at the moment apart from my graphic novel series Heartstopper um, which is kind of ongoing (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah I'm not working on any new books at the moment but I do want to introduce um, an Arrowace character into Heartstopper if you don't know about Heartstopper, it's an LGBTQ plus romance graphic novel series with lots of LGBTQ plus characters. So, um, yeah, I think I will in the future include lots more Facebook characters. Yeah. What I will say, like, especially I haven't read yet your other books. I'm going to get them. But I was reading about them and then like a lot of the other characters from those books are queer as well. Mm-hmm. So there's like if you have other identities that you're looking for representation, like your books are just full of <laughs> queer children. There's just so many gays. Queer <laughs> children everywhere. <laughs> They're running rampant. <laughs> They're dressed like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> and that's that's not even a spoiler. That's just a fun little tidbit. <laughs> it's just true. Um... All right, our last two questions. Uh, I mentioned to you how much I, I cried reading this book. Um, what do you have to say for yourself for the fact that you made me cry so much? I'm not sorry. <laughs> fair. That's fair. You should be, like, proud, if anything, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be a, a crying book, honestly. Oh, I didn't think oh but it was. Cry. Okay. But here we are. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to remember, like, at what part I started crying. It was definitely in the second half. Oh, I started... I cried, like, basically throughout the entire book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to remember. I definitely... I was reading it in the living room with my mom, and I was, like, on my side of the couch, and she was, like, watching TV, watching, like, the Titan Games, which is, like, an American Ninja Warrior thing, and it's, like, with with The the Rock, so my mom... 
Yeah, so my mom was watching The Rock, and I was in my corner um, crying, and I was like, don't look at me, don't look at me. <laughs> no, I, I read the, the book in, in two sittings, and so I read, like, the first half and the first one and the second half and the second one, and I cried quite a lot in both sittings. <laughs> I think it was just because, like, I... I knew what she was experiencing and I was like, I I know what's happening and I know that this is going to be hard and I've been through this and now I'm crying. (laughs) I did at one point have to put the book down because I tend to get very stressed by books and movies when like the stressful part starts. Secondhand stress. in (laughs) In the plot, there's always, you know, the part where the stress start. Um, So she was like about to... I don't want to spoil it. Start her experimentation journey. She was like thinking about it, and I was like, oh, "No, oh no!" And I had to like, put the book down for the day because I was like, "Don't fucking do it." And she did. She did do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, incredible. Uh, Kayla, do you want to ask the last question because you you wrote it? I did, and I realized I feel like we asked this to our last guest, and I think this is probably just our new guest question that we're going to probably ask all of our guests. Um, Not that it's any less relevant to you, Alice, or that it's not true, but our last question is, will you be our new best friend? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, what a good friendship romance story this would be. We had Alice on our podcast, and then we fell in love platonically. We fell in platonic love here on International Friendship Day. Day we're recording. Wow. <laughs> wow. I yeah. mean, it's it's all that's here. That's everything. That's There's, a fanfic. The story is here. <laughs> Incredible. All right. Um, Kayla, what is our poll for this week? I've actually had our poll prepared for like a week now. What a turn of events. You're welcome. Um, is everyone going to answer the same thing? Yes. Um, but that's fine. So, Alice, or for any new listeners, we do like a poll on our Twitter after each episode. Okay. Just something relevant. So I want my poll to be, which Loveless character are you? And is all of our listeners going to say, Georgia, yes, but I still want to do it. <laughs> so there's obviously more than four characters, but Twitter only allows four. So okay. I'm just going to go with the main, what I see as the main four. This that's spicy know. because maybe Alice, like, maybe Alice is going to yell at me and be there's like, kind, oh, there's kind of a main something. five and then maybe a main six. So I'm curious to see who I you know. cut. <laughs> well, I know. And now I feel bad. <laughs> maybe there needs to be two polls. <laughs> um, anyway, so my, my main four would be Georgia, mm-hmm. Rooney, Pip, and Jason. And I yeah. did have to cut Sunil, and I am sad about it. Uh, but he, yeah. there's only four. No, I think Sunil would understand. <laughs> I, I think he would as well. That's true. Sunil is right. very understanding. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the poll. And if you hadn't, if you haven't read it, I guess that's a problem, huh? Well, I guess the secondary poll would be. Uh, no, maybe this is the first poll, and then your poll would be the secondary poll. So the first poll would be, have you read Loveless yet? And the options are yes, no, but I'm going to, and then no, because I'm a buzzkill. I'm stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, because I'm canceled. Yes. These are good. I should write these down before I forget. That's You're supposed to do that every week, Kayla. 
<laughs> well, that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. All right. Um, great. Those are going to be our polls. Uh, Alice, at the end of each episode, we also do our, our beef and juice. So the things mm-hmm. that we have beef with and the things that we're feeling good about. Um, I will go first. I didn't prepare anything. My beef is America's just slide right on into fascism. I'm, I'm not pleased with that. <laughs> wow, that's a big one, dude. No, that I don't is, have anything yeah. prepared, but let's talk about fascism. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beef. <laughs> um, I mean, that's fair. And my juice is this book. Even though I cried a lot, it was a good crying. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Kayla, okay. would you um, like to go next? Yeah, my beef is... Oh, man, this is the problem with recording two episodes in one week, is yeah, now I can't We recorded yesterday, because uh, Kayla's going, I'm going on, on vacation. vacation. Um, my beef is that. <laughs> what is my beef? It's kind of hot in my room right now. I'm toasty. It's kind of hot in... <laughs> It's kind of hot in here without the fan going. My, it's gonna my, be. It's my house has bad circulation. It's gonna be like a hundred for the next couple of days here in LA, which I don't know what that is in Celsius, but it's toasty. And, <laughs> and uh, it's my grandma texted me. She goes, "I saw that it's gonna be a hundred in LA. That's hot as blazes." <laughs> and I was like, "Grandma, no!" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's why I'm staying inside, Grandma." Oh and then God. she was like, um, she was like, w- when is the last time it rained? And I was like, I genuinely can't remember. And she was like, when is it going to rain the next time? And I was like, I don't know, probably in the fall. How and she just, am I supposed to know that? <laughs> and then she just sent like that, like, uh, like not bitmojis, but like on iPhones, how you can like make your, your face and you can make it like talk and stuff. She mm-hmm. sent me one of those with just like its hand on its face. <laughs> And I was like, thank you for this content, Grandma. No. <laughs> Your grandma does love an emoji and she a bit emoji. Oh, she sent so many emojis too. There were so many. <laughs> um, my juice is that um I've started a new fitness journey. And if you listen, you know that do I start a new fitness journey like every three months and then give up? <laughs> yes. Um, but my new fitness journey is jump roping. Um, and I was doing a lot of jump roping the other night and I had to really pep myself up. So I was just like looking at myself and being like, if Mitch from Pentatonics can go from Butch Mitch to current Mitch, then I can have a hot girl summer. Um, (laughs) Kayla texted that to me with no context. (laughs) I did give you context. I said I was working out afterwards. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I guess that's my juice. Great. Alice, what is your beef and your juice? Um, well, you've stolen my beef. My beef was going to be that we are also having a heat wave here in the UK this weekend. We, which... we can share some beef. Yeah, I, I'm just very unhappy with this. <laughs> I hate the heat so much. Um, my juice actually is I have just started watching season three of Good Girls. Has, have either of you watched that? Mm-hmm. I have not seen. I've it. watched some. I've seen some of season one. I think it's one of those shows that just gets increasingly more 
tense with like every single episode so i'm just sitting there watching it like how does it keep getting worse for everyone involved but it's great so kayla would just be like sweating yeah (laughs) you probably wouldn't like it It was the few episodes i watched i was just like why do they keep making the worst decisions possible like why don't you just take a take a week off just stop it (laughs) Make like Alexander Hamilton and take a break. Except he didn't yeah, take a break. And that was he the didn't. problem. He fucked it up. And he fucked. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, wonderful. Uh, uh, you can answer our poll. Tell us how much you love Loveless. Uh, tell us about your beef and your juice on our social media at SoundsFakePod. We also have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash SoundsFakePod. Our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, Estrita Vinicota, Austin Lay, Drew Finney, Perry Fierro, D, Purple Chickadee, Quinn Pollock, Emily Collins, Book Marvel, Changing MX, Derek and Carissa, Simona Simon, Jamie Jack, Jessica Shea, Rhea Faustino, Daniel Walker, Barefoot Backpacker, Livy, Madeline Askew, Lily, James, Corinne, Alice is in Space, Sky Simpson, Brooke Siegel, Ashley W, Savannah Codesart, and Harry Haston Dugan. Harry is a new patron. Thanks, Harry. I looked at your Hi, name Harry. and I was like, you have a really British name. <laughs> so just... I message i hope harry doesn't get mad about this but i messaged harry saying thank you and this night this kind of longish message just saying how i appreciated um him them and uh they just said ye that's the greatest which is just me too that's how i would also respond so thanks harry i love you very much (laughs) our ten dollar patrons are kevin and tessa at dirty and kevin at tessa underscore i'm underscore k arknes who would like to promote the trevor project benjamin abara who'd like to promote tabletop games anonymous who'd like to promote halloween sarah mccoy who'd like to promote podcasts from planet weird my aunt Jeannie, who would like to promote christopher's haven cassandra who'd like to promote their modeling instagram at little red doug rice who would like to promote native by caitlin curtis maggie capelba who would like to promote her dog's instagram at mini muffin 19 and h valdez our 15 dollar patrons are nathaniel White Nathaniel J. White Designs.com, my mom Julie, who would like to promote Free Mama Hugs, Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere, Dia Chappelle, who would like to promote the Underrealm series by Garrett Robinson, Andy A, who would like to promote being in unions in the IWW, and Martin Chazelle, who would like to promote mental health. He didn't specify whether it was good mental health or bad mental health, but I'm gonna go with good. <laughs> also, a few other things about and my Dragonfly. Main man, Martin. Oh, yes. Dragonfly would Dragonfly like to promote is... Loveless by Alice. <laughs> yes, obviously. But I do want to take a moment for my good man, Martin, my new favorite person. Um, one, Martin, in his name on Patreon, said Martin Chazelle, dot, 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 like gazelle. Just so we knew exactly how to say it. My good dude, Martin, which I guess if you if you watched our live stream on Friday, which for us is tomorrow, but for you is two days ago, Martin did a remix of our theme song, which is wild why would anyone do that martin i love you (laughs) incredible um alice where can the good good people of the of what i don't know where where can our good good listeners find you (laughs) um you can find out more about my books on my website aliceoseman.com or i'm just at aliceoseman on twitter and instagram lovely is there anything else you'd like to promote in this time um yeah no yeah if i did want to say actually loveless is not the only story about arrow ace characters out there i also want to recommend um summer bird blue by kemi dawn bowman which has got an arrow ace protagonist really amazing book um and also let's talk about love by claire khan which is um about an i believe biromantic asexual character um i read it quite a long time ago but they're both amazing. Would recommend. 
Yes. Yeah. A nice reading list. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Stellar. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Alice, for joining us. Uh, yes, thank you. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. Until then, take good care of your cows. And read Loveless by Alice Oseman.